Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. The 2023 NRL Finals are finally here. Finally! What an atmosphere! It's what rugby league's all about. The finals are here at last! 27 rounds of fast and furious footy done and dusted. Right through the middle. This round is ready to go. The sheer determination. Unbelievable. The cruel thing, the rugby league ball. I love finals football. It's the best football. Another wild season of footy. It's all led us to this. The Panthers. Storm. Warriors. Knights. Ducks. Roosters. But now we reset. It's game on with fresh legs. This is finals footy. How good are the NRL finals? Finals football. Oh, you've got to love your rugby league. Finals are a different beast. It's war and everything is on the line. The premiership is there for the taking. But who has what it takes to reach out? And take it. Miraculously take it. Take it all. Triple M is live at every final for every massive moment. Thanks to Reem and Maccas. Oh, yes. Triple M. I'm coming, gonna take it all. I'm coming, gonna take it all. Rocks. Finals. Footy. Just take it all. I'm gonna take it all. Oh, yes, hello. Welcome to our Triple M NRL Finals preview. That doesn't get you pumped up. I don't know what will. We'll be looking in-depth at every single match this weekend. Emma Lawrence alongside James Graham and Mark Geyer. MG, 27 rounds, and we are down to just eight teams. Are you feeling the energy? How pumped are you? Oh, g'day, Em. G'day, Jimmy. Um, I am extremely pumped. I must confess, this has been an out-of-the-box season that um, culminates in this final series, which is very unpredictable. Yeah, we've got, uh, you know, obviously three or four teams that are usually there, the Roosters and and Storm and Panthers, but no Eels, um, no Cowboys, no Rabbitohs makes this a really, really inquisitive final series. I can't wait to see it. I I can't wait for tonight's game to pump us up. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible. The final series all comes down to the next four weeks, all the hard yards done in the preseason, the trials and tribulations, the hot summer, all that hard work. And this is why you do it, to play in these big games. And for all the players that are about to participate and dominate these final series, I'm so jealous and envious. It's, uh, <laughs> a couple of years ago, I was on those on that very field, and uh, yeah, this is what it all. This is what you do, what you do, and why you do it. It's it's such a, a special time of year. Jimmy, does this make you miss footy this time of year? Yes, of course it does. Yeah, especially being over here. There's a little turn in the weather and in Sydney, and you just oh. This, this is what it's. This is why you do all the prehab, the rehab. You go the extra mile. It's to play in these big games that come postseason. The, the, there's a real intensity, and and you can see the whole competition shift gears. You you just get a feeling for it. It's such a special time to to be a footballer. All righty, let's get stuck into it. First up, it is the Broncos hosting the Storm. MG. I know we can talk all day about stats and history and the fact that the Broncos don't have a great record against the Storm. But does that mean anything when you come into a final series? Is it a clean slate or is the record in the back of the players' minds in any sense? Um, I think a bit of both, Em. I think it's definitely a clean slate. We, you know, Jimmy just mentioned 27 rounds is, you know, to, to vie for where you got um, has been very, very hard to get. To, it's a final eight. It's, it's so hard to get that. We don't, that's why we see some major teams missing out, i.e. South Sydney. Um, 
I think that the the hoodoo or the voodoo um, that is, you know, the Broncos, um, the storm have over the Broncos is is we can't deny it. It's an elephant in the room. But this Broncos team is a lot different team than we've seen in years gone by. The addition of Reese Walsh, uh, the the emergence of Ezra Mam, um, the probably the most underrated player in the competition, Billy Walters, who's improved the most I think out of any player in the competition. Uh, two centers that are blockbusters in um, Herbie Farnworth and Katoni Staggs. Uh, and a forward pack that's um, compilated by you know um, Payne Haas and, and Pat Carrigan. It's it's a, it's a juggernaut. This this Broncos team. It's it's got strength everywhere. And then you've got the team who they're playing in in the Melbourne Storm, who basically um, they eat and breathe September football. Um, Bellamy's record is is undoubted. Um, it's undeniable. And the fact that he's coaching this team, I really don't know who's going to win it. I know that by the end of the uh, this chat, we'll, we'll probably have an, a fair idea, but uh, I've, I've still, I'm still 50-50 on each team. Um, I, I know in the back of the Broncos' mind, and Jimmy, you know this as a player, when the, there's a team that has it over you at the moment, like Parramatta have it over Penrith, that they'd probably be glad that Parramatta aren't in the semis. Um, and obviously the uh, the Storm have it over the Broncos. Not since, not since 2009 have we seen the, uh, the Broncos beat Melbourne Storm. So um, it's a definite elephant in the room, but as of tonight, that disappears um, in front of a a sold-out crowd at Suncorp, uh, we're going to get this game on, and I think it's going to be one of them games that we look back on and say, fair dinkum. Is it, uh, I actually think the winner of tonight's game will play Penrith in the grand final. Yeah, I think you're onto something there, MG, about um, who makes the, the, the GF, and this game has got so much to like about it. And I think when people talk about the hoodoo, instantly they turn to the Brisbane Broncos players and, goes, and they go, oh, well, th- this team's different. Or they, they've never beaten them. But but also, I look at it from a different point of view. So I spoke to Brandon Smith, and up until this season, he'd never lost to the Broncos. Mm. So you've got to look at it from that point of view as well. So I don't know if Cameron Munster would ever have lost to the Broncos. Jerome Good Hughes point. would have ever lost to the Broncos. Harry Grant would have never lost to the Broncos. So that's a different way of looking at these. This those key players in those key positions will be extremely confident going up against this organization. And yeah, you can say that, well, 14 games ago, it was completely uh, different players for, for each uh, for each organization, each team. But it does matter. The very fact that we're talking about it, it yeah. does matter. Subconsciously, it makes a difference. The fact that you've never beaten that jersey opposite or you've never lost to that jersey opposite. I've got to say, though, the Brisbane Broncos really enjoy their style of football that they play with. Uh, the man at the back, Reese Walsh, is such a energizer bunny. He's been one of the signings of the year, if not the signing of the year. He's been absolutely sensational. When he came back to Brisbane from the Warriors, there were some question marks around whether or not how he was going to fit into this team. But he has been beyond sensational this season. Um, he's in for a big final series. They've got to ride that wave of emotion. There's not a lot of finals experience in this Broncos uh, in this Broncos team. Um, I think only previous winners would be Reynolds um, and Capewell. Capewell's been there before as well. Obviously, uh, Corey Oates has, has, has been deep yep. into into finals, but uh, it's a, he's not playing. So look, this young, exciting team that have, you know, are players that have played a lot of state of origin football, representative football. So they'll be okay, but this is a, another big equation, and um, sorry, another big e- occasion. And 
they've passed every test so far, the Broncos, and this is this is an even bigger one for them because I don't th- I don't know if there's a a more difficult opposition in terms for the, for the Broncos team and the Melbourne Storm. They're expected mm. to win. They're expected to win here. They're coming up against an absolute tactical master. He will have the strategy to go after this game, and it's really interesting to see the fact that these Nelson Asafa Solomona and Ryan Pappenhausen off the bench together. That is where Melbourne are looking to um, get the advantage in this game. And Reese Walsh, he's he's been given uh, the treatment in get, big games before, and he's going to get some big treatment in this game as well from uh, the from the likes of the Melbourne Storm kick chase. So watch out for that. So Ryan Pappenhausen has played two games now, back from that serious knee injury. He had over twelve months out. He played the 80 minutes last week and naturally Nick Meany retains his spot there. But if there are no injuries in that back line, at what point, MG, do you inject Ryan Pappenhausen to to be the X factor? That's a great question. I, I've loved watching his his resurrection. Um, I think we've all been biting our nails watching him playing up in uh, the Sunshine Coast and having him get through unscathed and uh, seeing him play against the Broncos last week against basically you know a, a Queensland Cup team, and I suppose Melbourne had the same. He he, he stood out. Um, you know he's got that skill about him. He's got the deception about him. He's got the game nous. Um, to where where he plays, I think he'll come on. Um, I think they're going to use him maybe like around the ruck area. I don't know. It's going to be very hard. It's a very good question. I don't know where they're going to use him. I know they've got to use him. I think I think Pappenhausen for mine. Um, he is my X factor for this game. I know you you said that <laughs> Bellamy uh, will use him as an X factor. Where will they use him? Um, they they might juggle things up. They might put Mooney on a wing. Um, I, if there's any weakness in the Storm team tonight, I think it's their centres. Um, there's no Olam and there's no Room Smith. Um, and I think if if you're going to find a weakness, you might see one in their centres because the Queensland the Brisbane Broncos centres are a juggernaut to the minute. Um, so you might see Mooney maybe shifting to a centre or a wing spot. Pappenhausen coming on his fullback, and if they there is no injuries or there is no one playing bad and they're in front, that's a luxury that Craig Berling would love to have. They'd love to get through this game and hardly use Pappenhausen at all. Um, I don't think that'll happen. I think he'll, he'll be thrust into the game around the halfway mark, maybe 10, 15 minutes before half time, um, And then uh, where they're playing, I don't know, but all I know is he's, he's got to be on the game. If, if the Melbourne Storm want to win this game, I think he's got to have some input in the, into what, where and why he, he, he they win the game. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, well, look, for me, it, it's not so much where Ryan Pappenhausen plays, but it's when he plays. That's what you've got to look for. And I think, you know, the Brisbane Broncos, the middle forwards, they do like to play long minutes, but um, no, knowing what it's like to, to be in the mixer in those long minutes, there's no way your, your last five to ten are as effective um as the first 10 you're not as switched on you're not as sharp you're, you're not closing the gap as quick as, as what you should be uh, and what Ryan happen Pappenhausen has is that eye for a gap that ability to spot an opportunity and just inject himself through it with that speed that he possesses the flying mullet and what we'll see I think we'll see the approach from Bellamy will to be to bring on Nelson Asafa Solomona and Ryan Pappenhausen together the quick play, the balls that they can generate, that's what it's going to be. You, you know, you could see Pappenhausen come on as a roving go forward in the middle of the field and maybe not defend in the middle, maybe swap out, swap out with Kartoa, have Kartoa 
defend in the middle and Pappenhaus and defend that wide. Yes, there's, there's pros and cons to that approach, but it wouldn't surprise me to see him do that. Okay, so Pappenhausen and Nelson, X-Factors for the Storm and, and all about the timing of them coming off the bench. For the Broncos, it's easy to pinpoint Reese Walsh as an X-Factor for them, but MG, what about Adam Reynolds? Mm. You know, he was the reason they brought him up to Red Hill, a seasoned veteran at the Rabbitohs, was to come and deliver a premiership. How much of this now is essentially on the shoulders of Adam Reynolds? Uh, all of it, Em. All of it. He is the most experienced man in this team. Um, this is the reason, as you say, this is the reason the Brisbane Broncos bought Adam Reynolds this for this very moment. That he's the peripheral team, the the ensemble that he's got around him have done their jobs. Um, he's missed a week or two through a a, a niggling injury, which he says is one hundred percent fit tonight. So uh, there are no there are no excuses. Um, just when you need that that kick that goes. 30, you know, 15 to 30 metres longer than um, a normal kick. That's Adam Reynolds. Uh, when you need someone to, you know, get the ball to uh, to Bruce Walsh with a couple of metres of um, space in front of him, that's Adam Reynolds. And this is the very reason the South Sydney fans are up in arms at the moment because uh, Adam Reynolds wanted a two-year contract to stay at the, stay at the borough. Um, this is the second year he's been at the Broncos, and this is the very reason that, Kevin Ward was boarding for this big, big, the big man, the big time moment. It's, it's can't get any bigger. You know, you're playing the Melbourne Storm. You haven't beaten them in, you know, since 2009. Everyone's, everyone knows this. Adam Renner's come, come at the hour, come at the man. Um, if they are, they are to win tonight, um, he's got Hughes and Munster opposing him with Ezra Mam, who's kind of a rookie when it comes to semi final footy. So it all comes down to Adam Reynolds. It's on his shoulders. Um, and I think he will eat the pressure up. I think he'll love being the man tonight. And I think he might be the reason that the Broncos get this victory tonight. The more, I, the more I'm speaking, the more we're talking about this game and the more I'm thinking about what's going to occur. Um, I, I think that, I think the Broncos might get the storm tonight. Jimmy. So you've heard MG. He's got the Broncos, Adam Reynolds to be the key. Who do you have? Yeah, look, I think like MG says, just going to back up the points on, on Adam Reynolds and the importance of his kicking game. Uh, look, Nick Meany, he's been, Fantastic for the Melbourne Storm, mm. but he's not um, not a household name and not that conditioned to play fullback. And when you come up against the best kicker in the competition, he can expose um, you being out of position. Don't be surprised to see the Brisbane Broncos, when they're under pressure, look to Reynolds to kick early and get them down the other end of the field. And that's how you can change momentum. That's that, For me, that's Adam Reynolds' greatest strength, his ability to change the momentum of a football game through the long kick. So you've got that going in Adam Reynolds' corner. You've also got the fact that he can ice a game come that clutch moment. We think this game's going to be super tight. Now, who else would you want when it comes to that nailing a one-pointer, if that's what it comes down to? If this game comes down to the wire, it goes to golden point, or if it's you know 12-12 with five to go, the inexperienced Broncos team... Going to look to their man, Adam Reynolds, and say, get us home, mate. And he delivers every single time. He's done it to South Sydney. He's done it for South Sydney and broke my heart on more than one occasion. (laughs) So I know what he personally, I felt that pain before. And there's no worse sight in rugby league for a game on the line. He's your man. Yeah. This is his moment, Adam Reynolds. Cannot wait to see him in action.
Welcome back to Triple M NRL. Finals fever is upon us. We're going to take a look at the Panthers match against the Warriors. Alrighty, so the Panthers with another minor premiership and each and every year we think they lose players. This year they lost Api Coruscant, Viliami Kikau. Always question marks over whether they can maintain that elite level. But MG, they've managed to do it again. And defensively, it seems they're just miles ahead of the competition. Yeah, that's what wins big games. That's why I think um, the teams we spoke about, uh, Melbourne Storm and the Brisbane Broncos, whoever defends most, best, uh, will win the game. You know, it's all about defense. When you get to the semifinals footy, you have got to have your defense intact. And there's no secret that Penrith had the best in the competition. Uh, they had the best systems. They have the best attitude towards defense. There's always, there's never anyone down on their haunches. There's never one bending on. Um, it's all about looking at images when you're, when you're an attacking player, and if you see someone with their hands on their knees um, or a little bit slow out of the ruck area, you attack them. That's Penrith's strength. They, they, their body language is superior to anyone else's in the competition, and it's a, it's no coincidence that in the last four years um, they have been the juggernaut of the competition. And um, if they happen to go on and win against the Warriors and they happen to go on and win the competition, well, they're in the conversation as the best team ever as far as you know the modern era, I suppose, since Parramatta won three competitions in a row, um, 81, 82, 83. No one's ever going to beat the St. George dynasty of 11 straight, um, but that's a different game, um, different machinations. And the fact that they're doing this with the salary cap, as you, as you just mentioned, Em, every year they've lost two major players, uh, Coruscant, Capewell, Burton, Kikau. Um, this, this year they're going to, use, going to lose Crichton, uh, Spencer Lenu. The production line that is Penrith is, is their biggest advantage. They've got an encatchment area, which is the biggest in the world. But that's fine to have that because Parramatta isn't far behind Penrith. Um, Ivan Cleary's got the uncanny knack of producing these kids and finding these kids from basically, you know, Estuary Ball and Jersey Flag and, and New South Wales Cup and fitting them straight into the systems without missing a beat. Case in point is Isaac Tago, who has come from nowhere to be one of the premier centres of the competition. Uh, Taruva on the wing, who's probably going to get Rookie of the Year. Uh, last year, Taylor May got the Rookie of the Year. So it's the ability to blood these kids and blood them in a way that they don't feel daunted or inferior to their counterparts. And I, I, I marvel. I, we know how hard it is to win one competition. They've won back-to-back, and the Roosters done that in 1819. Uh, uh, we thought at the time Roosters, this, the, you know, they could win three in a row, but it's so hard to do. The fact that they're, they're, they're in this position is, is testimony, I think, to Ivan Cleary. When everyone's speaking about you know, Andrew Webster and Kevy Walters and, as coach of the year, and, and look, I, I take that on board. But you you cannot go past the guy who's got back-to-back minor premiers, three minor premierships in four seasons. <laughs> to, f- to finish top of the heap in this competition with, you know, the wolves at the door every every time you play a game, it's it's unbelievable. Um, so their defense, yeah, their defense is superior. I think the Warriors have been that fairy tale story of the season, which I've just marveled at. I've, I think that everyone listening to our chat now has the Warriors as their second favorite team in the competition because of what they've gone through before, because of COVID, because of living out of a suitcase for two and a half seasons, being dragged the pillow and post, you know, they, they were at Terrigal, they were at Redcliffe, they were out in the bush for a period of time. Now they're at home. Now they're, now they're enjoying the fruits of their labor when they're getting packed out crowds. Look, they're going to play Penrith uh, tomorrow and they're, they're on, they can't lose because if they do happen to lose against Penrith, they get a home um, knockout semifinal over in New Zealand, if they happen to beat Penrith, they get a prelim final back in New Zealand as well. So um, it's, it's, it's just a great story. Um, you know, the way they've come on, um, the four packs, 
you know, Adam Fadua Blake up against Fisher Harris, young Wade Egan and Mitch Kenny in the dummy half role. Um, wow, Dallin Watini's Dallin Lesniak on the wing against Taruva. This, this, this game has everything. I can't wait to see it. So you mentioned a number of players there that we're excited to see. One who won't be there, though, is Jerome Luai, which is, Jimmy, a huge ask for Jack Cogger to come into this game. It's not an elimination final, so yes, they do get another chance. And yes, we've seen throughout the year when players have been out either through injury, suspension, origin duties, the players have stepped up and done their job. But if you're the Warriors, surely... You are targeting Jack Cogger. Surely that is a weakness in a sense. No disrespect to Penrith and to Jack Cogger, but are you targeting him? 100%. 100%. All is fair in love and war. And in this game in particular, MG spoke about the, the brilliance of the Penrith Panthers over the last um, three or four seasons. But it comes down to now. Yes, their motivation is to go down as one of the greatest teams in rugby league's history. That's their motivation. But they've got to get the, the win. And like MG said about the, the level of intensity and care and detail in their defense is second to none in this competition. But that, for me, comes off the back of their... They lead the competition in completion rate and in possession as well. So they've got the energy to hold players down, to have big defensive plays, to rely on their system. So very seldom are they under too much fatigue because... They lead the comp in possession and completion. But if you're the Warriors looking to, to win this game, you'll look to attack Cogger. And you'll do that through your back rowers. Most, most, most apparent to that would be Nia Kore, who's been fantastic for the mm. Warriors. Put him on top of Cogger and look to try and gain an advantage there. But also, I think when it comes to setting up against this Panthers team defensively, you've got to take advantage of the fact that Jerome Luai's not there. So... I think you set yourself up defensively to make it that Penrith have to go to Cogger to make the play to win the games, to score the points. I would over, I would not completely throw out my defensive systems, but I would change my approach and put it in the hands that Isaiah Yo, Nathan Cleary look up at their side and go, we're not on here. We've got to go to Cogger to win the game. And that's not no disrespect to him, but what it is, it's a compliment to the three players when they play together in Yo, Cleary and Luai. So I reckon you've got to you've got to load your defense up to let put the ball in the hands of Cogger and if he comes up and wins the play and comes up with the plays, hats off to him. But because if you try and play Penrith at that set for set game, bash and barge through the middle of the field, that you know, they're not too dissimilar in their styles, the 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 Panthers and the Warriors. But the Panthers are way better. Like if they play their best in that style and you try and take them on Good luck to you. You're not going to win. So I think you've got to do something different. The opportunity presents itself there to do something different with Jerome Luai out of the team and Cogger in. Like Brisbane, if and when the Panthers play Brisbane, stylistically, they're very different. Mm. So the the Broncos will shift the ball. They won't go bash and barge through the middle of the field. So that makes for a very interesting contest later down the track. But in this contest here, on Saturday afternoon... The Warriors have to pinpoint that man, Jack Cogger, defensively. He's going to have to have the game of his life. Yeah, moving on to the Warriors, and obviously we haven't spoken about it yet, but the big one is clearly Sean Johnson being ruled out. Um, this is catastrophic for the, the Warriors. Uh, their chance of overcoming the juggernaut, which is Panthers, has just plummeted. Um, Sean Johnson has been um, on form this year, probably in the top three players consistently. 
Um, there's been something about his game that has just been transcending uh, to all the other players around him. And for him not to be there in this game, it's it's massive. Um, I don't know what the Warriors are going to do. They'll either play Dylan Walker at number six, and maybe Tamari Martin um, at seven, or maybe Ron Volkman might come in at seven. But whatever way you look at it, um, their X factor is gone, and it's it's massive news. Um, Dylan Dylan Walker's been fantastic for them this year. Um, but the, the cold hard facts is when you've got your best player out of the game, even the bookies have showed, um, I think they started at $4.20, they've blown out to almost $7, uh, the Warriors in this game. So uh, massive news for the Warriors. Um, it's, it's massive news for the game because it's kind of like the league man um, of these finals. You know, he's, he's tipped to get the, the Dalian Medal of the Year, Sean Johnson. Him, him being out of this game, this contest, uh, all, all of a sudden lacks a little bit of luster. You know, I couldn't wait to see the the matchup between Johnson and Cleary. I think that was going to be worth the price of admission alone. But now that he's gone, uh, a little bit take, gets taken away. Obviously, the Panthers would be inside, you know, chuckling. Not chuckling, but they'd be inside happy with them, uh, the, the decision. Because obviously, when a be like any best player of any club, um, you know, if, if, if for some unforeseen uh, reason that Nathan Cleary was ruled out, same with the Warriors, they'd be kind of giddy inside. But now that Sean Johnson's missing, um, the Panthers have got to be careful not to go into a little bit of a false sense of security because of it. Because even though he's out, the Warriors will, will be coming to play. But um, look, the Panthers in this one look uh, unstoppable. There'd have to be something very special from the Warriors to, to overturn the juggernaut. All righty. Well, I think, Jimmy, Panthers as well? Yes. Yeah. It is two from two, the Panthers over the Warriors. Up next, we'll talk the Sharks and the Roosters. Alrighty, so Sharks and Roosters, the Sharkies, similar storyline to last year. Yes, they are in the eight. They were higher up last year, but Jimmy Graham, the question mark has been their ability to perform against the top sides, top eight sides and top four sides who they have rarely beaten over the last two years. Is this a concern for you heading into the final series? Uh, Yeah, it would be, but there's only one way to shut everybody up get the victory this weekend. It's going to be a packed house there at Shark Park. I I, I dare say uh, there won't be many people making it over from the east. Uh, Sharks <laughs> members and fans should should have all 13,000 uh, spots and tickets available in that ground. Uh, look, the the Sharks, for, for me, um, going into this game, it's a huge dilemma for Fitzgibbon. We, we've seen the, uh, the extended sw- squads uh, announced. Will Kennedy is on that extended bench and he's got a Big decision to make. Tracy and Trindle, there's no, it's not a coincidence that the Sharks' fortunes turned mm. off the back of those two coming into the team. So, what do you do as a coach? You've got your regular number one, Will Kennedy, who's been fantastic these past couple of seasons, versus one of the guys who is a huge reason as to why you are in this game. So, Look, I backed Fitzgibbon to, to make the right call. Uh, he knows m- more than more than what we all do. Um, but but for the, the the Sharks, they've got to get that monkey off their back and and get a victory in finals because otherwise, it's you know they, they'll be looking at another long hard off season when we go how how are we how are we making the finals and and, and can't get a win. Then the questions really start to get asked. MG for you, if you're Fitzy, are you looking at even if Will Kennedy is fit? Can you afford to have Kennedy or Connor Tracy on the bench, or do you like having the four forwards? I think it's either whoever's fit. If if Connor Tracy's fit, he starts. Yeah. He, he's been he's been the reason. Jimmy just mentioned it. The last the, the I, I was I was gobsmacked when they dropped Matt Moylan. I thought, well, you know, well, he's the only one who can create footy outside Nico Hines 
But Trindle has just gone next level, you know, and, and a big pat in the back, son, because I honestly didn't think that he was up to that standard of footy, but obviously he is. And the way he's grown is the way that the Sharkies have grown. They, We know about their top eight exploits. It's not good. They can't beat a top eight team. They haven't in the last couple of seasons under Fitzy's watch. But that there's always there's always a time to change, and that could be um, Saturday night, 8 p.m. at Shark Park in front of 13,000 people. It's going to be boisterous. It's going to be an amphitheater. Um, I spoke to Wade Graham through the week on the on the Brecky Show, and I, I put the question to him about, you know, would you like to move this game to Acor, a, a, you know, a neutral ground where there's maybe 50, 40 or 50,000 there? He goes, no way, no way. This is the rules. You know, every time this comes up, every this comes up every every year. Um, certain teams should be playing there for more people. Well, you can't say that you can, unless you make a the NRL make a change and, or a judgment on this type of scenario. It's going to happen every year. We're going to lock fans out every year if we don't have something in place where we take it out of that club's hands. Because if you're going to give it to the clubs and you're going to give her a club a reward for finishing in a certain position on the ladder, well, Sharks have earned the right to have a, a semi final at home. Um, is it right? I don't care. I don't care if it's right or wrong. It's 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 how it is, and I think the Sharks are going to be a six point to eight point better team because they're at points bet stadium. Um, the Roosters, wow, here they come five in a row. I actually after I think round nineteen, I think the Knights and the Roosters were thirteenth and fourteenth respectively. No chance. I, I I put a line through the Roosters maybe eight weeks out from the from finals footy. I said they they can't do it. There's been too too much disruption. They've yeah, it started with Swalihi changing to go to Union. Then we had the Sam Walker um, saga. Um, then we've had you know Radley and Hargrave suspended and Manu injured and and basically it's they couldn't buy a win. But now with five in a row and I'm they're, they're daring to dream and they've got the arsenal with Tedesco at fullback and um, the players around him. Ah, oh, jeez, I. I don't know who's going to win this game either. I, I'm leaning towards the Roosters because of the momentum. Momentum well, is a massive, a mad thing in this time of year. But Sharkies at home, who knows, Jimmy? Yeah, I'm with you, MG, on the on the, the momentum side of things. Winning five in a row. The simple question that Trent Robinson will ask his troops this week in the build-up is, why did we do that? Why have we gone and won five in a row? Why did we put so much guts and determination on the line last week against South Sydney? Was it to knock out our arch rivals or was it for us to play finals mm. and win? Ask yourself that question, lads. What if what have we made the sacrifices for? Because it would have been easy to hang up the boots and put a line through this season. But they made a, a decision not to do that. Why? For this game. Do not waste this opportunity. And, you know, games, um, yes, they, they won on skill, they won on moments, but there's an emotional attachment to getting the best out of each of these 17 men on, on either side. And the narrative will be from Fitzgibbon, let's shut everybody up. You know, they say we can't beat a top eight side. They say we can't win finals. Well, let's go and prove a point here today. But I think that what, what the Roosters have, that determination, yes, they're missing their spiritual leader in Jared Weir Hargreaves, but their middle forwards last week, they came mm. together as a collective. They were outstanding. You know, Egan Butcher started that game with Lindsay Collins. Those two were immense with Radley as well. Brandon Smith as well has been a real catalyst for them in their changing fortunes. Yep. Uh, I think he's been one of the form players for the Roosters in the past uh, five or six weeks. And then you know, even Tyrell May coming off the bench. Yeah, All of them in that middle of the park were absolutely 
amazing. When you think about who's missing, like we don't want to focus on players who aren't playing, but you know, Jared Ray Hargreaves is their alpha male. He is their man. He is their go-to. They look to him, but they didn't just, it wasn't just one person. Lindsay Collins assumes that role, but he brought a few of his mates with him as well. And I think the Roosters will get the victory this weekend. Is it fair to say, so if you're tipping the Roosters, Jimmy, the Roosters, we started the year as saying they're one of the premiership favourites. And now that they are back in form, when they've got James Tedesco, who, yes, was heavily criticised during the year, but for the last five years has been close to the best player in the world. Luke Keary, he's won three premierships. You've got Lindsay Collins seeing what he did in origin. Victor Radley been there for premierships before. If you look at this side, do you see a side who can genuinely challenge for the premiership? Like they just snuck in there. But that roster... Yeah, it's all it, class. It, it it is, and and it and it's funny how things turn. And the one person you know you, you didn't mention, you've mentioned all these stars, is Sam Walker, yeah. and the journey yeah. that that young man has been on. And it's incredible to see him come back and play a style of football that seems unaffected by all the um, difficult moments that he's had. So you know you, you can be you could forgive him for being quite sheepish. Coming back in and not trying to not trying to do too much or or just I'm going to get back into first team and bide my time and find a way and, and manage a way through a game. But he's just gone. No, give me the football. Yeah. I want it. I want to get after this game. It's incredible for such a young man and the adversity that he's faced, the public scrutiny that he's faced, the you know the the talk of him leaving and not being a Brewster style player. He's just been amazing in his approach back to first team. A lot of credit for that young man and. You know, you speak about all the other players and Manu as well and Billy Smith, who's been sensational. Yeah. The Roosters are in this. They're in it up to their neck. They are absolutely coming to attack this final series. And that's the reason why they've won five in a row. It's because they're not here to just make up the numbers. They're here to give it a shake. So it's Roosters from Jimmy, MG, Roosters or Sharks? Yeah, I'm going in uh, Roosters, M. I think it's the, the momentum they've got at the moment is going to be paramount. And I think... Unfortunately for our good mate Wade Graham, I think this could be his last season in a uh, in a rugby league jersey, and uh, what a what a career he's had. Yeah, still love you, Wado. All right, up next <laughs> we're talking the final match of the round. It is Knights and Raiders. All righty, last one of the round elimination final at McDonald Jones Stadium. The Knights and the Raiders. All eyes on Kalen Ponga. He's going to need two injections, Jimmy, to get through it. Do you think? That's any concern at all? Or do you think for a player of his class, even if you're carrying a little bit of an injury still, do you think it'll affect his game in any sense? No, look, and the, the reason we're talking about Kalen Ponga getting two injections is because he's the main man. Yeah. He's one of the superstars of our game. Uh, he's, I think he may be the highest paid player in the game. So the fact he's, that he's getting two injections, you know what? There's probably three or four of his teammates that'll be lining up for that, uh, for that, same injections. For the same yep. injections ju- uh, as well, and you and when it, people, well, why does he why does he need two? Well, the reason he needs two, it's about precautionary. So he has one before the warm up, and then he has what what happens is is that pain uh, that numbing effect can wear off. So as a precaution to completely eliminate any possibility of that wearing off in the second half. What you do is you go in at half time and you put another one in because the doctors know there's no there's no extra risk to be incurred by putting in a second injection at half time. So it's just pure precautionary measure. In in all likelihood, he would never lead that. But on the off chance it was to wear off, 
the the, the numbing um ability, the, the numbing effect would be to wear off, then you get a second one. And you know there might be a couple of other players in there that you know they they don't they don't bother. They put a pad on there and you just you know suck it up. But he is a fullback and an outside back at the end yeah, of the exactly. day. You're saying that fullbacks are well a little bit more of a wuss. Well, than look, a... He's, no, no, no. <laughs> Compared to you, he's middlemen. Not, yeah, look, they're the, ones not, who, they're the ones who get the forward. They're the ones who go to the bar and get the the, the front rows and the second rows beers for them at the nightclubs. <laughs> oh, go and give me a beer fullback or winger. Come on, yeah, we'll do all your work oh, for you. Well, a couple of beers and a, a seltzer for you, MG. Yeah, by the way, right. I, I, I caught you. You said you weren't going to bring this up. You said you weren't going to bring this up. I know, but an opportunity presented itself. I thought I've got to take that. But yeah, the look, there'll be a line up out the door for you know needles and painkiller and injections this time yep. of year. It's just all part of the dance um, and, and Ponga gets extra attention because he's a superstar. Yeah. Caelan Ponga, exactly right. MG, a- do you put Lockie Miller on the bench at all Ooh. just for, I mean, bit of X factor. You've got Kurt Mann that can cover a number of different positions, but Lockie Miller, in case Ponga doesn't get through, but also, I don't know, a bit of X factor late in the game, sort of 65 minute mark, or is that a bit of a waste to have him on the bench? I think so, Em. I think it's, it's, it's the, the bench has got to have a, you know, I, I suppose saying that Lockie Miller can play a, um, a litany of positions. He can play fullback, he can play halves, he can play on the wing if needed, he probably play dummy half. So that wouldn't be a, a, the worst idea I've ever heard. Um, I, I just don't, I just think it might send. A, a message to the team that you, our main man really isn't that good. Mm. They know. They, they know by now whether Caelan Pong is going to be right for the game or not. And, and by him playing, he's right. He, I, I don't think he can do any more damage to what he's, his shoulder. Um, it's it's a grade five, which is the top of the scale. But um, it's the pain threshold that you've got to manage. And I, I think we'll see in the first time he gets the ball kicked to him downfield. And, and, if, and if Canberra don't pepper him with bombs and – and, and kick to him on the second or third tackle to try and get to that shoulder. They're, they're playing the wrong game. Because as we, we spoke, you spoke, Jimmy, earlier about young Cogger being targeted, well, Pong is going to have a big X right on his back. Um, especially with an injury, there's going to be two Xs on his back. And we'll play a couple of circles, we'll play you know, noughts and crosses on his back because he's going to have, <laughs> going to have targets everywhere. But he's, there's a reason they've won nine in a row. Um, the infectious ability that he has on this rugby league team, this, this game sold out in an hour. Um, Newcastle is going to be 30,000 fans who are, who, who are going to this game wanting to see Caelan Ponga star. I think he still will star. I think he's, he's, he's that type of a player that I think the Caelan Ponga who left this shores earlier in the year to go and get his head assessed in Canada, I was more worried about that than I am now about his shoulder. Um, when he come back from that, the, head, the constant head knocks, I was almost I, I like most league lovers were on tender hooks every time he got the ball. You know, get away from his head. Hopefully he doesn't get his head hit. With the shoulder injury, I'm not that concerned about it. I think that he's, he's, I'd be more concerned if he was a, a, a hooker or a, or a lock forward who were going to make 30 or 40 tackles. But he's not that he's not in the front defensive line, so he's only going to make five or six tackles in the game. And it's all about his attack that we that Newcastle need. Um, I think if he doesn't play, it's it's uh, as we said, if the the late news with uh, Sean Johnson, it's catastrophic. If Caelan Ponga, they can't win the competition without him. They can't maybe win this game against Canberra without him. Um, so he, he'll be right. I think that this is a bit of a trap for the Knights as well because that siege mentality that Ricky Stewart brings to rugby league, September, we spoke about Bellamy earlier, that he, he eats and breathes September. Well, Ricky Stewart isn't far behind him as far as being a player and being a coach when he, he won a comp in, what, 2002 as a, a 34-year-old um, for the uh, Roosters. 
he's been up to his eyeballs in semi-final competitions for a long, long time, and he knows the the ins and outs and the intricacies of exactly how to get a team up for it. I think he'll be he'll be in the Jack White and all this week. Jack White has had a pretty relatively quiet year by his lofty standards, and I think it's time for Jack to break out and do something really surreal um, in this game against the Knights. If they're going to win the game, Jack White has to be man of the match. Um, saying all that, but Kalen Ponga is the man at the moment. He's got he's the reason they've won nine in a row. Uh, young, um, the halfback is back. Young Hastings is back. Um, you know, Fitzgibbon's back in the back row. Frizzell's been playing great footy. Uh, Best has been playing career best footy. Uh, Dom Young on the wing. My God, goodness, him two tries he scored last week against the Dragons. I've never seen two better tries in my life. <laughs> Everything's pumping for the and this this we spoke about the Roosters about the the role the momentum. Well, I tell you what, winning. I think I think in nineteen eighty nine the Raiders won nine games to win the comp uh, when they beat uh, the Tigers in that probably the best grand final of all time in, in extra time. Well, at the moment the the team the, the only team that remind me of them since that time, which is over thirty years ago, is this current Knights team who have come from nowhere to just stamp their put their stamp of approval on this competition and, and they've done it in a way that I'm. I'm really happy for Adam O'Brien because he's just stuck to his guns. His head's been on the in the noose uh, many a time. He's had a reprieve, um, and then they beat the, the dog sixty-six points to nil, and they haven't looked back. I think the Knights will win this game, um, but I think it's going to be one of them. It could, it could be it could be a Caelan Ponga field goal that wins it for them. I don't think it's going to. I don't think they're going to have their own way with the uh, with the, uh, the Raiders because I think Ricky Stewart is too good a coach for that. Jimmy for the Raiders. Like MG thinks that Jack Whiten will have to be the X factor, but started the year and has over the last sort of couple of years moved into that number six jersey, but we've seen him there in the centres. Do you like him there? Do you think there's any chance they move him back to six and Croker comes back to, into the side? They've got to do that. You, That's what they've got to yeah. do. Yeah, I um, think so too. I think um, you've got to tap into the emotion. Win a game on an, on emotion. Both of those players will not be at that club. Um, obviously, yep. uh, White and moving on to to, to South Sydney and, um, you know, Jared Croker celebrating a, an amazing career down there. You know, he's pulling the curtain on that and that's what Ricky Stewart's got to do. I think he's got to come into the team and, and back the back getting the victory on the emotion of those yep. two. So not just their, their performance, you know, but their teammates as well. What are you going to, what are you prepared to do for these two club Great. Croker in particular. I think that said, I think Newcastle are just riding a, a magnificent wave. I was at the stadium where they beat South, a packed house. It was incredible atmosphere. It was so good to see up there on the Hunter, just full of screaming Newcastle fans riding their wave, um, all behind Ponga, and the, the stadium just, just rises with excitement and expectation every time Kalen Ponga gets the ball at the back of a shift and they're so effective and uh, creative with what they do. The, the the four other back five members in Young, Gay Guy, Best and Marju, must just, they just love playing with him. They're in perfect sync. MG spoke about Ponga uh, going to, to Canada uh, to get assessed. But for me, the biggest... Um, story in Kalen Ponga's uh, season has been the the experiment to play at 5'8", move to fullback. Yes, he's out of the defensive line, but I think it's just his positions on the field where he gets it and just the, the ability to complement those other four outside back players. 
They they prefer him at fullback. You know, Kalen can argue whether or not where, where he prefers to play, and people can have their say. But sometimes you look at where your teammates prefer you playing. Guarantee, if you ask Dominic Young, Dane Gay Guy, Brabham Best, or Greg Marju, where do you like Kalen playing? They'd say at the fullback because whatever it is, it's those intricate little details about where he where he gets the ball, the positions that he's in. You know, very seldom would he be a first receiver uh, at fullback, but he would be at five eight. You know, he's out the back of that play, and they just. They can all adjust their depth off him. It's absolutely sensational to watch. And look, you know, Ricky Stewart, he'll tap into that emotion, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. I've got a, I've got a big worry about um, the, the the Knights just totally dominating this game. I think for, for me, the Knights can only beat themselves in this one. All righty, Jimmy MG, appreciate your time. Fire up! Finals footy is here. And we've go. got you covered all weekend here on Triple M. Triple M Footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water.